Put industry leading, difference making, and tomorrow shaping on your to-do list. Explore Deloitte technology careers at deloitte.com slash tech careers and engineer your future at Deloitte. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. As always, my name is Mung Sung. Hey, everybody, Nick Jealous. Welcome back. Week five is in the books. Um, a lot of... Uh, a lot of big players, uh, underperforming, overperforming, just like every week, huh? Yeah, I was going to say it's it was a crazy week for fantasy, but it seems like every week is, so... So far this year, at least. Yeah, so uh, let's, get, uh, let's get started. We'll start, as always, with the Thursday night game, uh, of course. at Houston. Um, of course, Andrew Luck did not play in this game, but I think going forward, he should be fine. Uh, reports came out today that he did practice in full and uh, the Colts released Josh Johnson. So it seems like he's on track for this week. Yeah, that's a, that's a good sign. Uh, can't really trust the reports on Indianapolis. Uh, last week, they were hiding what he was doing in practice. Matt Hasselbeck was sick. That's why they signed Johnson. Um, I think Luck should be fine. Give him another what, six days until he has to start cutting Johnson? All indications are all systems are go at this point. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. New England uh, is a pretty good matchup, too. So if he's healthy, uh, you know, there's definitely uh, holes in that secondary that he can, uh, you know, take advantage of. You can't have Andrew Luck sit on your bench. No, definitely not. If If he's playing for the Colts, he's playing for your fantasy team. Absolutely. No reason to hold on to Matt Hasselbeck. Um, if you really, really need him, he'll be sitting there waiting for you. Yeah. Uh, but on the, on the other hand, uh, Frank Gore, he did quite well against the Houston Texans. And honestly, he would have been better, uh, earlier in the season, if not for two, uh, fumbles instead of touchdowns, uh, close to the goal line. I think going forward, I have Gore, uh, marked as a solid RB too. Absolutely. All right. Um, as for the pass catchers on the Colts, I, I think that luck coming back are going to help them a lot. Uh, you know, Hasselbeck is somewhat reluctant to go down the field, and he's certainly not as accurate as Andrew Luck. Absolutely. T.Y. Hilton with uh, 80 plus yards on nine targets. Um, Kobe, uh, although these are all Hasselbeck numbers, but I still expect Hilton and Moncrief are going to be fine. Uh, Moncrief was not uh, very good this week because his production was of. Uh, vultured and taken away by uh somebody you swore you'd never mention again didn't he yeah and i'm still not uh running to the waiver wire to get andre johnson despite his two touchdown game i think this is probably his season high uh production for the week um just just a revenge game against the texans really he did not look great uh that that one touchdown he scored um, I bet uh, Pete Carroll uh, is watching that play over and over and over again, and he's going to try and teach his wide receivers what to do on that play because that was uh, <laughs> exactly where the Seahawks lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andre Johnson still looked pretty slow. Definitely some blown coverages there. Um, and as for the tight ends, uh, you know, we saw that when Dwayne Allen and Kopi Fleener are both healthy, they're going to eat, eat into each other's production. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, any of this could be completely correct or completely wrong. Andrew Luck could come in and uh, just start rushing the football. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, and j- just one last thing. Uh, keep, keep a quick eye out on uh, Ahmad Bradshaw. Again, they, they had him in for another workout. Uh, you know, clearly they don't believe in Josh Robinson just yet as the as the backup. So we'll see what happens there. No Zerlin Tipton love? 
No, I'm not. I'm not a Zeppelin guy. Um, you're you're not on that band on that train, huh? No, my my tune may change in a few weeks, but we'll we'll see. There we go. All right, uh, let's let's take the train right out of the other side of the football. Uh, your Houston Texans looking not great on defense at all. Um, how about that quarterback situation, though? Yeah, that that's awful because J.J. Watt is completely wasted on this team. If he were on even a playoff contender, he could be the the last piece to a Super Bowl title. Um, but in terms of fantasy, you know, Arian Foster, he's a stud. We don't really need to go over him. As long as he's healthy, you know, he's he's going to put up double-digit fantasy points for you. Uh, I would always, con- I would, I would strongly recommend having a having like a young running back or somebody that you think you could lean on um, on your bench somewhere, just because of Foster's severe injury history. Not severe injuries, but but long and well documented injury uh, history of nagging injuries. Yeah, it's those recurring soft tissue injuries that always get you. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, you hopefully have backups, but uh, as long as Foster is healthy, he's going to be a monster in fantasy. Um, yeah, speaking of monsters, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, he's a pure oh, stud uh, simply due to the volume, but also because of his talent. He's had 75 targets through five games, <laughs> and the next closest wow. wide receiver is Julio with 62. So that tells you just exactly how much work Hopkins is getting in. Wow, that's a pace for like 200 targets. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And they, they did slow down in the second half. But Hopkins is a clear wide receiver one right now. No two ways about it. Absolutely. Uh, Jalen Strong? Yeah, I, I'm, he's not a pickup for me except in super deep leagues. His first touchdown was a complete fluke. A, a Hail Mary that in Indy just decided not to defend for whatever reason. Um, but he looked real strong. Yeah, but, uh, you know, I, I think when Cecil Shorts and Nate Washington get healthy again, I, I think Strong's going to go back to the bench still. Two touchdowns on two targets. Better than Martavis Bryant last year. All right. Uh, I, I would be a little hesitant to uh, to put him that high just yet. But, um, so no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not buying him either. Somebody will, though. Somebody will probably drop, you know, $10, $15 of their fab budget on him, and that'll, you know, take that out of their pool. Yeah, their mistakes are your wins. Um Okay, so moving on to Chicago. Quarterback situation even worth talking about? Um, no, I think I think Hoyer is going to be the guy going forward. Uh, I think he's obviously just a QB2 matchup dependent, but I think Hoyer in does help Hopkins and Foster in the offense in general. I mean, if you're in a if you're in a two quarterback league, uh, this this may have hurt you. You know, uh, Malik being taken out in the middle of that game. Um, I just hope it's not a uh, one quarterback plays one half, the other quarterback plays the other half going forward. Yeah, I mean, neither are good. If you, if you put together their their two good traits, maybe. <laughs> yeah, can't can't do that in one uh, roster spot though. All right, uh, that's enough of that. Next game. So Chicago at Kansas City. Uh, Jay Cutler looked okay considering he didn't have Alshon Jeffrey and he didn't have Eddie Royal. Well, that said, he played against a fairly soft uh, Chiefs defense and secondary, but he did exactly what he's supposed to do. You go out there and you and you. He didn't dominate, I wouldn't say, but he threw new through no picks, threw two touchdowns, and hit two hundred and fifty yards. Yeah, and I think uh, you know he's still a matchup dependent, uh, you know, low quarterback one, high quarterback two. But I think uh, having Alshon Jeffrey back is certainly going to help him. And uh, speaking of Alshon Jeffrey, uh, if, if anyone's starting to give up on him, he's a huge buy low for me. Yeah, I bought 
bought him. I sort of bought law on him a few, couple weeks ago. Thought he'd be back uh, this past week. Apparently, has not been. So he's he's uh, he's keeping a bench spot on my warm, nice and uh, bench. Hmm. He's keeping a bench spot on my roster, nice and warm. Hopefully, that won't be the case going forward this next week. Yeah, I still think he's a high-end wide receiver too, even low-end wide receiver one when he's healthy, simply because Cutler loves to lock on to his number one target. Absolutely. How about these other targets, these uh, these wide receivers that he was able to throw to? Bellamy, Wilson? Yeah, if I'm going to pick up one, it's, it's going to be Marcus Wilson. Uh, Cutler's shown that he likes to go to him when he doesn't have any other options, really. Um, I think if if Alshon is out again, and especially if Royal's out again next week, then Wilson's a decent wide receiver three just because of the opportunity. Yeah, sort of a desperation play, but definitely I agree with Wilson um, slotting into your your final roster spot only if need be. Um, Matt Forte kept on rolling, workhorse. He's he is what he is. We know what he is. Yeah, PPR monster. Uh, you know, not much to say about him. Um, Martellus Bennett, I think, you know, he's had a down game, but he's still a, a mid end tight end one for me. Yeah. Not every, not every tight end can be the Gronk. Yeah. Not every tight end needs to, he, he gets enough opportunities, especially in the red zone. I think Bennett will be just fine going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Down game for him, but seven points in PPR. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the Kansas city chiefs, uh, just terrible news for, the Chiefs, uh, Jamal Charles tore his other ACL. Um, you know, he tore his left ACL in 2011. Now he tore his right one during this game. Uh, you never want to see that. One of the best players in the game. Yeah, very, very upsetting to see, especially since he's uh, sort of hitting the twilight in his career. Um, sort of have some questions. You, you've got, you're going to have to take some time if you want him in Dynasty League. Go ahead, sit in front of a mirror, you know, look, look deep into your soul and think about whether it's time to maybe move on from Jamal Charles, uh, 29 years old. Is this it for him in terms of uh, high level fantasy production? I don't think so, but I'm, I'm more hopeful than most, I guess. Um, handcuff option. Hope you owned uh, Charkandrick West. Cause if you don't already, you're going to be paying for him. Uh, definitely a top waiver sort of guy. Yeah, I agree that West is going to be the better option here, particularly in PPR leagues, because he should get more of the passing work. Um, but at the same time, if Nile Davis is a free agent in your league, I, I would pick him up for cheap, too, if you can grab him, just because we don't know how that workload's going to shake out. Absolutely. I, I, I'd spend a couple bucks on him. I wouldn't burn a high waiver um, if you've got it, especially if you're a Jamal Charles owner. You can't afford to not pick up Charkandrick West. There is, there is too much production that, that's a hole on your team that needs filling. Yeah, and just kind of a dark horse guy, De'Anthony Thomas, simply because he's so, you know, agile and, you know, his pure speed is is unlike anything. Uh, he's kind of a Dree Archer mold uh, for the Steelers, and, and if they do try to get him a little bit more involved, he could have some flex value in deeper PPR leagues, uh, depending on how they use him. Um, yeah, I see him sort of like when uh, Dexter McCluster was on the team, but Alex Smith couldn't really get that much production out of him. Yeah, so so the question here is, I think we both agree that Charkandrick West is the uh, the pickup you want if you're a Charles owner. Um, but at the same time, how does this impact the other guys? Travis Kelsey and Jeremy Macklin, do, does the loss of Charles hurt them or help them in terms of getting more targets? I think it's probably going to end up helping Kelsey more than it helps Macklin. Um, they've been feeding Charles the ball as well they should. Um not as much as you'd think, but but they do feed him a healthy healthy amount for the amount of offense that they run with that team. 
Uh, and it's sort of been digging into Kelsey. I think Macklin's been digging into Kelsey's usage. Um, but with uh, Charles off the field, I think Kelsey's going to jump right back up to where we're used to him being. And Macklin should just stay steady. Yeah, I think Macklin's still going to be a wide receiver too in PPR. You know, he's just getting so many targets. He's up to 12 in this game. Um, as for Kelsey, you know, three for 35, certainly a disappointing stat line if you're a Kelsey owner. But at the same time, uh, he just, you know, turned around late on a, on a touchdown pass that he should have had if he had just, you know, been more on top of things. And I, I do think that he'll be just fine going forward. You're not trading him away or, or benching him or anything crazy like that. Um, anything else you want to discuss on the Chiefs? No, that about covers it for the Chiefs. Just a swift, swift uh, change of the guard from Davis to West, it looks like. Um, the writing was sort of on the wall just in terms of the backup usage going through the four, uh, first four games of the season, first five games of the season. But um, if you weren't paying attention, pay attention now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's move on to a pretty exciting game. Seattle at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati squeaks out a win in overtime. But uh, huge, huge production from Thomas Rawls in this game. Yes, uh, a good chunk of it came on one play. But even getting rid of that, he had a very solid day against the Cincinnati defense. And I think that, uh, you know, we mentioned last week that he's basically Kristen Michael without the hype. And uh, now that Marshawn Lynch has been out a couple games, we've seen exactly what he can do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Fred Jackson being a little dinged up in the prior game uh, certainly doesn't hurt Thomas Rawls' value. Um, got him more of an opportunity to show what he can do and i think he's going to carry that going forward um must own handcuffed if he's not owned in this in your league that's that's absolute crazy talk from from here on out uh lynch owners hang out of this guy yeah and certainly certainly a a good hold in dynasty as well uh, just because there is always that possibility that lynch may retire when his injuries catch up to him definitely and we don't know when lynch will be 100 percent and back on the field either and, and Russell Wilson has been, you know, a low-end quarterback one so far, but I do think he'll be fine. Um, you know, that, that offensive line is really holding back the entire offense. Uh, I do think that, uh, you know, he's a, he's a hold right now. This isn't a guy that you can just go dropping or anything. Uh, not that they're the same type of quarterback, but Tom Brady was awful last year through week five. Then he was just about the best quarterback in the game from there on out. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far for Wilson, but I do think that that offense in general will kind of get on track. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, things, things can happen once you find your groove. Sure, um, and, and the problem is Jimmy Graham right now, he's simply not getting the targets, and we, we thought that he, they would try to get him involved a little more, but clearly Seattle doesn't care who gets the ball. They're going to play that ground-and-pound game and kind of rely on their defense. Yeah, I think Russell Wilson just isn't good enough of a passing quarterback at this point to uh, let Graham hold that type level value. Uh, I'm definitely going to have been wrong about how many touchdowns and yards Graham's going to put together this season. I mean, that said, he's, he's still a definite tight end one. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, drop him or, you know, sell low on him, but he's definitely, you know, in the same tier of a, of a mid tight end one. Right. But between him underproducing and his recent last two years of, uh, of ang- I think he's had ankle and soft tissue injuries. Um, maybe consider putting a guy on your watch list, like a like an Allen or like a Clay, if you're in one, if you're in a, a shallower ten team or eight team league. Sure, and um, you know of the wide receivers, it's going to be a weekly coin toss as to who's going to get that random touchdown. Yeah, for me, it's it's still Lockett. Um, it's still for me, especially in a dynasty, just age and talent right there. 
Um, plus, if you're in a league that gets return yardage points or he has that fluky touchdown here and there. Um, but Lockett is the most talented receiver on this team. Certainly. And, uh, you know, Seattle defense, just fine. They didn't look so this game, but yeah. Uh, for your fantasy team, though, they're, they're still a top defense, I would say. Especially exactly. They, they, the they did game. have a uh, defensive touchdown, right? Yeah, and, and as I said, lock in the return game is going to be phenomenal. He'll get at least another two or three touchdowns this year, probably. Most definitely. So, Andy Dalton, I, I know you uh, don't particularly believe in him, but I think he's a QB1 going for it. I mean, what more do you want? He was great against the Seattle defense. and I, I mean, it'll be a touch excuse me, a tough matchup against the Bills next next week, but still. But can you really say that you're benching or dropping anybody you may have drafted for him? Yeah, I mean, it depends on who you got, but I, I certainly think that he's a he's a top seven, top eight quarterback right now. Yeah, I just don't think so. I mean, unless you're, you're in the boat where you had Romo or if you reached on Stafford or something. Um, but to me, he's, he's definitely, he's still not a starter in a 10 team to me. Uh, I'll tell you this much. If I have Peyton Manning, I would trade him for Andy Dalton. Really? I, w- I would hope you could get a little better value for him, just, just on name alone. Yeah, but if uh, if I needed a quarterback, and I, I would totally take Andy Dalton over Peyton Manning for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think that's a little crazy talk. I think Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders can put together uh, higher potential, better games for, for you than just A.J. Green. And, and um, I mean, Marvin Lewis is over there, sure, but... I, I just don't think Cincinnati is going to keep this going like this. Okay. Well, I will bet you that from week six forward, Andy Dalton will score more fantasy points than Peyton Manning for the rest of the season. From next week forward, you think Manning will have fewer points than Andy Dalton? Really? That is correct. There's no way I can. There's no way that could possibly happen. I'll bet you that. Okay. That's a deal. We will revisit this at the end. Let's um, revisit. Okay, as for the running backs, you know, uh, Jeremy Hill, pretty disappointing. Uh, if you got him, you're a little worried for sure. I am worried. Uh, I, I'm starting to get very worried, especially if they're going to be in these high, high shootout games, high sc- point scoring games. Jeremy Hill looked really good last year. A lot of people drafted him in the first round, high second round. Um, I had him a little lower, of course, but I didn't think he'd be getting this. this I didn't think he'd be seeding this much work to Giovanni Bernard, no matter how this game flow was going. And clearly that's not the case. Yeah, it looks like at this point, uh, if you're a Hill owner, basically you need him to get a touchdown or two or else you're kind of out of luck. Um, Hill's or, been getting more work. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, more importantly, Gio Bernard has just looks like the better back, you know, in both in the running game and the passing game. He just looks quicker, um, more elusive right now. And obviously Hill's still very talented, but I, I think that, until Bernard kind of slows it down. If he gets worn down a little bit from all these touches, it's going to be Bernard. Possibly even more telling. There's no word. The first two weeks that uh, Bernard was getting worked into the game a little more, uh, the coaching staff and the me- the coaching staff was going through the media to say and make sure they said, no, Jeremy Hill's our guy. He's, he's the number one back. They haven't said that in two weeks now. Um, it may be, it may be an actual changing of the guard. Okay. So re- real quick question. Um, if you own Gio Bernard in a PPR, and the Jeremy Hill owner um, offers you Hill, which would you take? I would, I would need to stick with Bernard for right now in the PPR. Okay, what about uh, real quick in a dynasty? Oh, in a dynasty, they're both very young. Like I, I've got I've to use the recency bias here. That just shows me that they can lean on Bernard in, 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 a, uh, 
in a passing back role and as a and as a pure running back. They've been using him as a pure runner in the exact same way they would have used Jeremy Hill. And it's not like they're taking Hill and putting him in the game for the goal line work either. Um, Bernard looks like the number one back, and he's only two. He's only one year removed from being a very very good starting running back. Yeah, that's close for me. I, I might still give a, a tiny edge to Hill just because I think he's um, built more to be a workhorse. Um, but certainly, you think he may last a little longer? Yeah, I, I think that Bernard may wear down a little bit if he continues getting this amount of touches every game. Okay, so we're we're on the opposite side of the coin right here. Yeah, and then um, you know AJ Green, Tyler Eifert. There's really not much to say about them. They're both studs at their position. Tyler Eifert is a top five tight end this year. Absolutely. Must starts. Can't do anything about it. Yeah. Um, Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, anything to see here? Say again? Marvin Jones or Mohamed Sanu, any, anything more than a wide receiver three, wide receiver four? No, I'm going to say pretty much the same thing every week about them. Marvin Jones should be owned in all leagues. Can't necessarily start him. He's a matchup dependent wide receiver three. Okay. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, maybe even wide receiver four, just because it seems like there's more bust than boom every week. Sure. Um, so moving on to Washington at Atlanta, this was an ugly, ugly game for the Falcons. Yeah, a real, uh, real nail biter at the end there. Yeah, um, you know, Kirk Cousins, the answer. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. Not, not really the solution. He did, he did Cousins things. Cousins is as Cousins does. He throws a touchdown, throws even more interceptions, just keeping in line with his career numbers. Look, I'll say this much. That last interception wasn't his fault. Uh, you know, the receiver slipped and, you know, he threw it to where he should have been. Right. Um, so he has a one to one average on him on his own. Then. <laughs> right. Uh, regardless, you know, you're not starting him if you can help it in a one quarterback league. Uh, running backs, Matt Jones, his star is kind of fading a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just another ugly committee here. Yeah, it's uh, both of the running backs averaging less than two yards a carry. Matt Jones picking up the touchdown. That truly could have been given to Morris. It's just a mess, and I really still don't want any part of it until things become a little bit more clear. Yeah, I think in a PPR league, I actually want Chris Thompson because he has you know the most consistent work in terms of the passing game. Yeah, I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Uh, last year, Roy Hallou got was a was a feasible starter in 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 most PPR leagues, just depending on how many teams. Um, Chris Thompson has has fit. Not not seamlessly, but he's sliding into that role and gaining gaining some momentum. Now, speaking of sliding into roles, uh, Jameson Crowder tied Pierre Garcon in targets in this game. They beat, they each had eight, but Crowder did more with his. He had uh, eight catches for eighty seven yards, uh, compared to Garcon's three for fifty one. Jameson Crowder is one of my top ads for this week. It's going to be certainly interesting to see when when uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson comes back. If Jamison Crowder can maintain this value, he may fade a little bit, or Pierre Garçon may actually fade a little bit. Pierre Garçon, despite being a top receiver one year in the league, he doesn't have truly the year-to-year pedigree of being a great wide receiver. Early in his career, he had Peyton Manning thrown to him, which helped, but past that, uh, just that one year, two years ago. Now, my, my guess is that there, when Deshaun Jackson comes back healthy, uh, Pierre Garçon and Deshaun Jackson are going to line up on the outside and they're going to keep Crowder in the slot because uh, you know, he's much better getting him into space um, over the middle of the field. I, I do think he's sort of a, a Brandon cooks light or, or a Tyler Eifert mold sort of receiver. Um, I, I do think that he's a uh, very, very good after the catch. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There must be owned in, uh, in most leagues. 
Yeah, um, Derek Carrier, uh, three targets. He got the touchdown, but um, I'm not. I'm not buying just yet. I think the Jordan Reed production may be filtered directly to uh, uh, Crowder. Uh, yeah, Crowder for the most part. Yeah, I agree. I think Crowder is the pickup here. Um, I, I grabbed him in a in a deeper dynasty league uh, earlier this season. And it's paid off. Um, there you go. So on the on the other side of this game. Uh, Matt Ryan, pretty shaky here, but, uh, you know, still quarterback one. It was just a really bad game. And we, we've seen, uh, you know, this is almost kind of what, what has happened historically to Matt Stafford when Calvin Johnson is out. And, you know, Leonard Hankerson left uh, this game for some time. And, and Julio Jones was clearly, clearly hobbled by his hamstring injury. Yeah, it's hard to have a great game for a quarterback when when pretty much everybody's hurt. Roddy White was uh, was very healthy but he couldn't create much separation, couldn't make any big plays. He did have a very important football play converting late in the game, which, which, which saved this game for Atlanta. Um, but past that, uh, he, he just had, what, four targets, two catches, 23 yards, um, not lighting it up even with uh, Hankerson out of the game. Yeah, just real, uh, real side note here, uh, an interesting uh, league that I've heard of uh, that that I've never played in, but some leagues do reward uh, extra points or partial points for first down catches or rushes. So interesting, yeah. So Roddy White could have helped you there, um, but you know we we mentioned just like Andre Johnson, he may have a big game here or there, but for the most part, Roddy White is droppable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, every wide receiver can, uh, can is is prone to having a big game. Doesn't mean you rush down them. Anybody who's been, who's been playing fantasy for a while remembers Alec Ogletree. Alec Ogletree, Kevin something Ogletree, Ogletree. Kevin, Kevin Ogletree. Ogletree. Three touch, yeah, three touchdown game week one with uh, of a few years ago. Thought he was going to be a great receiver alongside Des Bryant, and then went ahead and I think had one touchdown for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think the prime beneficiary here of the wide receivers being banged up was Jacob Tammy. Um, he definitely was this game. Yeah, eight for ninety four on ten targets. Um, if Julio and uh, Leonard Hankerson are both still banged up. Both are questionable to play on a short week Thursday night. Um, if either one is out or if they you know, seem like they're going to be limited, I think Tammy might be a decent sneaky play. I think Tammy, in terms of playing, I don't know that he fits in anybody's lineup in a season league, but he's a very sneaky, very cheap option in a daily league this week. Yeah, and I think a lot of people might be on that bandwagon, so we'll see how that shakes out. Yeah, um, it might not be that sneaky. I, I think I have to eat a little bit of crow with uh, Devontae Freeman. Um, I, I still think that when Tevin Coleman gets 100% healthy, he's still going to eat more into the snaps. Um, but I, I certainly can't argue that I was wrong. Uh, Devontae Freeman, clear running back one, even with Coleman back. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's, sometimes it's good to be right. Sometimes it's really not good to be right, considering I drafted Coleman ahead of Freeman in a league this year. Doesn't feel great, but at least I know what's going on now. Yeah, I will say thank you to Devontae Freeman for uh, a fumbling and then letting Julio pick up that fumble for a touchdown. Saved a, a much-needed fantasy day for me. Yeah, save, save the day for, uh, for Julio. Um, so, it, it, again, just real quick on Freeman and Coleman. Um, obviously, I have changed my tune a little bit. I do think Freeman may get more of the work even with Coleman coming back, but I do still want to buy on Coleman if, if his owners are giving up. I think he's a great buy low. There's going to be plenty of scoring opportunities for both backs with this offense. A lot of leagues Coleman's been dropped in. That's a lot of leagues that Freeman owners should own that handcuff for. Absolutely. Um, so moving on then to 
What do we got here? New Orleans? No, no, I'm sorry. Jacksonville no, no. at Tampa the, Bay. The battle for Florida. That's correct. And it seems like we know who the winner is. And yeah, the winner right now. is Doug Martin, who had <laughs> yeah. a monster game. Crazy day. They should call him the monster hamster instead. <laughs> well, I'm sure he'd probably like, he hates being called the muscle he hamster. He does, he does. So, so monster hamster, yeah, he, he might like that. Or some, what's bigger than a hamster? A gerbil? Like a monster gerbil? No, gerbils are smaller. Like he's the monster guinea pig. Never mind. He's the monster hamster. That sounds much better. <laughs> yeah, and look, here, here's the thing. Um, the problem with uh, Doug Martin so far this season wasn't that he wasn't being good. Uh, you know, if he looked at him weeks one through three, he looked very good on tape. The problem was that he wasn't being handed the ball enough. Um, and here they, they clearly made it a priority to feed him the game. They did it last week, too, even though they were down. And I think that they've figured out the formulas that you got to hand them the ball more than like 10 times a game. Completely agree. Uh, unfortunately, that's to the detriment of their two superstar receivers, Mike Evans and Vincent Jackson, or at least it was during this game. Yeah, and I think that Martin is, dare I say it, a high-end running back two, maybe even a running back one if they keep giving him this volume. Lovey Smith has shown that he likes having his own, having his running back run the football and he likes leaning on a one guy not not a committee sort of thing um that's exactly what he showed this game uh i i can't disagree with that i can't argue with it yeah simply because there are so few running back situations now where there is a guy who gets you know averages you know 15 to 20 carries a game if, if martin can average that he's got the talent to be an rb1 again definitely plus he added nine points in the passing game this week yeah, it was nice to see him get get targeted as well. Um, but that being said, I do think that Charles Sims still has value. You still him, saw him out there. And in PPR leagues, he certainly did fine for you. Four catches for 85 yards. This is a very cannibalistic offense. Um, days that Martin will have big games, it will be near impossible for, for Sims, VJX, and Evans to have big games. Days that VJX and Evans have big games, that's going to be to the detriment of Sims and Evans. Uh, this was... Not not a great showing by the Jacksonville defense. I, I expect people to get at Jameis Winston a little better and stuff the run a little more too. But still, I you can't sit Martin at this point anymore. Yeah, and I do want to note that uh, for those giving up on Mike Evans a little bit too early, he had a slow start last season as well, and then he finished uh, with twelve touchdowns in twelve games. So just just hold on for now. Yeah, absolutely. I think he. I don't. Did he have a touchdown to this point last year? I don't think so. No, I don't believe so either. Yeah, I think it was week five or week six that he got his first touchdown. Something like that. But like I said, 55 combined receiving yards for the top two receivers. Um, just just all the yardage gobbled up by Doug Martin and Charles Sims. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be kind of a, a toss up every week. But, uh, you know, you still got to put Evans out there in your lineup. He, he could go off for 100 yards and a touchdown any given week. Absolutely. Okay, uh, anything uh, left on the Tampa Bay side? Um, just, uh, welcome, welcome back to the league. Uh, welcome back to the league, Connor Barth. Nice to see you having a job. Nice to see somebody in Tampa kicking the ball between the uprights. Um, (laughs) Brazinda, Brazinda for that stretch though, was the most exciting kicker I've ever seen in years though. Like how can somebody be so consistently awful? It's just excitement. It's, it's fun to watch. You know, you, you don't think it's a hard job because you see so many people just do so well. I mean, I've watched Robbie Gold for years, and then there's tons of other kickers that are just great. Um, Brinza showed what can go wrong can go very, very wrong, and I appreciate him for it. Yeah, I think Brinza looked at the uh, field goal uprights like Trent Richardson looks like uh, at uh, offensive line block blocking for him. 
<laughs> oh, just run right into it. Yep. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so let's move on to the Jacksonville side of the ball here. Sure. Um, what, what, what do we see here in Blake Bortles through five weeks? He's the quarterback six. Yeah. Uh, we've seen him finding an ability to fight, uh, score touchdowns, find his receivers and capitalize against holes in a defense. Um, this Tampa Bay defense has a number of holes, this Lovey Smith Tampa Bay defense right now. And he did exactly what a quarterback should against them, even overperformed uh, 300 yards, four touchdowns did throw the pick. Um, but but his receivers looked great. He's finding Hearns when he needs to find Hearns when Robinson's locked down and Robinson himself even knocked in two touchdowns. See a uh, low end quarterback one right now. I I like Bortles more than I like Andy Dalton. Ooh, I don't know about that, but um, I, I certainly do like Bortles as well. Next week, he gets Houston, who got lit up by Matt Hasselbeck, so uh, certainly not afraid to start him against Houston. Yeah, keep on going. Start start your wide receivers. Start, uh, especially if... Um, oh, never mind. Uh, I would start Hearns in this game as well. Yeah, I think we've seen that both Hearns and Robinson are low in wide receiver twos right now. I mean, they're, they have you know almost wide receiver one production, but I don't expect that to last necessarily. But I think they've been consistent enough to be wide receiver twos. If you're doing well in your league and and you and you have the opportunity, the uh, the uh, the luxury of looking ahead, Jacksonville's receivers play against Indianapolis, Atlanta, and New Orleans in most in most playoff setups. You know, lick your chops, enjoy. Yeah, I will say that I still think Hearns is more of a high end wide receiver three. I do think Robinson's still the guy you want. But if he's unowned in the leagues, if you can buy him for absolutely nothing and you're sitting pretty with zero, one or two losses, I think Hearns is, Hearns is a great early add-on to your team before, uh, while people are looking the other way. Correct. And also, don't forget about Julius Thomas. Um, only two for 20 in this game, but it was his first game back, and I do think that they want him to be involved in this offense. I agree. Uh, I can't, I can't um, get on the bandwagon of saying starting him just yet. But if you have the space, I would put him on your team if you've got a lower end uh, tight end starting for you on your team. Um, running game, the picture keeps being a little more clear every single week. Uh, TJ Yeldon handling the bulk of the carries. Bernard Pierce tweaking a muscle this game. Um, just clearing the, clearing the path for Yeldon even more. Yeah, no, nobody's taking this job away. It's TJ Yeldon. Uh, he's a clear run, running back, too, simply because of opportunity, even if they don't uh, get that many red zone carries for him. Absolutely. And, and the red zone carries should increase. You can't hit somebody deep to, and actually convert on a touchdown every single time. Calvin Johnson knows that better than anybody. Yeah, just one quick thing to note. Uh, TJ Yeldon did strain his groin in this game. Says it's you know not, uh, not a major injury, but uh, keep an eye out for, for that for sure. Hard to run. A, it's got to be hard to run a football when you've got groin pain. I can only imagine. Yeah, hard to do a lot of things, I'm sure. Um, so moving on to New Orleans at Philadelphia, then, uh, Drew Brees with another good week, got that garbage touchdown, garbage time touchdown, excuse me, to Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's still looking okay. Yeah, he looks fine. Um, if this team gets rolling, it's clear that they want to try and lean on this running game. Um, that's what their, their idea was going into the season, but just have Drew Brees step back, sling the ball around 300 plus yards, two touchdowns. This is just what Drew Brees does when you allow him to do it. But if Jimmy Graham was on the field, Drew Brees would still be a top flight, uh, quarterback one. Yeah. Just, just to uh, point out though, that he faced a, a pretty bad Dallas defense last week and he, he faced a pretty bad Philadelphia ducks defense this week. I know Brandon cooks even had a good week now. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and that that's saying something right now. Um, yeah. You know, I am. Am I crazy to think that Willie Sneed might be, you know, get similar production to Brandon Cooks for the rest of the season? I don't think it'll be similar production, but I do think that he's a, he's a wide receiver three. He's a flex play going forward, um, especially with the injury to Colston. I, I was holding off. I thought last week was fluky, but with Colston out of the way, uh, clearly Sneed's getting a good. Good portion of production. 11 targets, uh, 6 catches, 140 yards. But here's my question. Do you still consider Brandon Cooks a wide receiver too? I think he's a wide receiver 3 at this point. He's a boom-bust guy. Yeah, I I think if Snead can start to emerge, then this is only going to help Cooks. It's only going to open him up. I mean, this is what Cooks has been looking for. Somebody else that the defense is going to have to key on. If if Snead can produce enough numbers to garner a little bit of respect, then I think Cooks can hold the same value. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with Colson out there. There may be still a role yet for Brandon Coleman, simply because Snead and Cooks are both smaller receivers. Somebody's got to catch those touchdowns. Big learning curve entering the NFL. Can't forget that. Yeah, and you know Ben Watson here got another touchdown. Uh, it was a little bit fluky, just kind of a nobody covered him sort of situation. Uh, the nearest cornerback was five yards away, left him wide open. Yeah, I don't understand that idea. You've got a man bigger than you. You see, you're in the you're in the red zone. Um, that's 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 football 101. You know, use the body advantage. Yeah, it was like uh, it was like uh, you know when Gronk decided when they decided to not cover Gronk uh, the Steelers in Week One. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, wide, nobody followed him, and hey, it's an easy touchdown. It's craziness, but it works. Um, so the running game here, Mark Ingram, you know, still 14 touches, uh, disappointing in terms of production, but, uh, you know, clearly he's the lead back here. Um, just got kind of game scripted. Yeah. You've got to start Ingram. You're not setting him. Um, the other question here though, is CJ Spiller. Yeah. They, they keep holding saying, him or am I cutting him? Uh, they keep saying that they want to get involved. Um, but only three carries here, four targets, despite playing, you know, down the entire game almost. Um, I don't know. I I, I want to say it's time to drop him. Uh, you know, five weeks in, generally speaking, what we see is what we see at this point. Um, but at the same time, he, all he needs is one target to you know take it to the house. He's that kind of player. Exactly. But but I don't know that he's going to get those opportunities. Ingram's shown that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So if if Breeze reverts back to you know the way we've seen him playing, he only completed seven passes to running backs, which which is a high number on most teams. But Breeze, if Breeze would feed Darren Sproles uh, with passes out of the backfield when he had him, um, and Bush as well. Uh, I, I think Spiller. I have a heart. If if I'm pressed for a lineup spot, I'm gonna find it very hard to keep holding on to CJ Spiller. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna hold him for one more week. They they get a horrible Atlanta defense, um, who who gave up three touchdowns to Joseph Randall. I, I do think that Spiller might have a good game this week. Um, I, I will hold him for one more week. But if they don't get I, him involved against Atlanta, I don't know what to what to do with him. I think he's he's a drop after this next week. This wouldn't even be a discussion if it wasn't for that one play last week either. Yeah, but but you know you can't discount that. That's that's the kind of explosive player that he is. So I'm saying I'm going to hold on to him for one more week. But I certainly wouldn't call it crazy if you if you dropped him, particularly depending on what what the options are on your waiver wire. Yeah, uh, that's all you can say about that. How about this uh, green and white side of the football? Man, just they look terrible. I mean, I I know they got a blowout win here, but I think it's more so due to New Orleans being horrible than them being good. 
Although that may be exactly what they needed to find their stride and finally put something together. Bradford looking wildly inaccurate early, throwing two interceptions. Uh, one one was a great play by uh, that bro guy, the corner uh, bro. Yeah, on on New Orleans. Yeah, B R E A U X. The the, the yeah, French version. Yeah, yeah, bro. Um, he, so he looked really good locked in on, on a Bradford pass. Bradford looked more comfortable and better as the game progressed. However, uh, maybe just playing against this bad defense, this could be what they needed to find their rhythm. Uh, the, the running game found its rhythm. Definitely. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. And they, they get a, uh, giants defense. Colin Kaepernick tore up this past week. So, uh, who knows? They might be good next week too. Um, but you know, Bradford's still a matchup dependent quarterback too. He's going to have some big games, but he's going to have some three, four interception games too. Um, Nelson Aguilar here, uh, hurt his ankle or his leg, or we're, we're not sure exactly what it is. Supposedly minor, but again, um, I, I think Aguilar can be dropped at this point. I'm very disappointed here. I was very high on him going into the season. I'm definitely going to lose that bet where uh, I thought he was going to outproduce Jordan Matthews this year. Yeah, I, I can't take much solace in that victory. I believed in Aguilar. I had him in a lot of leagues. I've dropped him in a lot of leagues. Um, and I just don't know if he's going to get an opportunity to find his way back on the field. Bradford and Chip Kelly have shown they like throwing the ball to Riley Cooper. Not that I'm saying you need to start him or anything like that, but they just keep feeding him, and I don't understand it. Yeah, um, Josh Huff got five targets here. Zach Ertz got seven uh, but Brent Sellick got three and the touchdown. Um, Jordan Matthews got seven, but had a horrible drop. Uh, I ended up with the day with five for 44. Um, DeMarco Murray got got involved in the passing game. I, I honestly think that it's going to be a weekly crapshoot. You know, Sam Bradford doesn't care who he's throwing interceptions to when he's targeting <laughs> players. Uh, you know, he's going to throw it all over the place. I think this this offense is hugely dependent on one factor, though. When this running game gets going, the receivers are able to produce. When the running game gets completely stuffed, nobody is able to score points on this team. My, my question is, when is Chip Kelly going to swallow his pride and, and realize that Ryan Matthews is better right now? Yeah, he, he had... He, <laughs> I really hope it's it's not now because I've just moved on from Ryan Matthews in all my leagues. Unfortunately, um, he's produced much better. He had nine nine uh, nine yards per carry average this game. Uh, the the game that Murray was out, he produced beautifully. Uh, he's just doing very very well. But Murray did have a nice game this week himself. Eighty yards and a touchdown on the ground. Yeah, we'll see how they do against uh, the Giants next week. But the question is which. Which version of the Eagles is going to be the real version going forward? Yeah, my 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 gut says it's going to be closer to this, but they did play a terrible defense. Uh, I'd lean more on better than worse, though. Okay, um, and one last with note. that much talent on your team, you you just can't help but be good. Yeah, and I, I guess the the problem is when they're good, everybody's going to have a good fantasy day, but when they're bad, everybody's going to be horrible. Exactly. I would not recommend starting a number of them on your team. Um, in terms of running backs, obviously, DeMarco Murray's a start. Is Ryan Matthews worth a flex in preseason? I said he was a wor- I said he was an every week flex. I, I just I don't know. Is he matchup dependent or is he just too much of a headache now? No, I think he's certainly a matchup dependent flex. Um, you know, against a, a soft defense like New Orleans, he did what you hoped he would do and you get that touch on. How yeah. about Sproles? Sproles, he's more of a desperation flex. Um, you know, he can always break a, a reception with like 30 yards after the catch and a touchdown, but barring that, he's not going to do much. So he's owned but not started? That's just a wasted spot to me. 
No, I'm saying that uh, Sprawls is droppable depending on the options. Okay. I, I think the main guys here are going to be Ryan Matthews and DeMarco Murray. Okay, I still can't rely on it, or can't rely on Selleck for sure, but yeah, Bradford and Murray. Oh, and Ma- uh, Matthews. Um, quick, quick thing, though. Uh, Brent Selleck, great $2,500 GPP play on DraftKings. Uh, I, I, started, I started him in a couple of lineups just in case uh, he would get that touchdown, and he did. Very nice. Who are the Eagles playing this next week? Uh, they got the New York Giants. Hmm. That could be a very interesting game after what we saw from last night. Yeah, and, uh, well, we'll get to that in just a little bit. They exactly. Have a, they have a Monday night showdown uh, next week, actually. So we will see. Um, but let's move on uh, to Cleveland at Baltimore. Another crazy game here. Um, sure, the battle for Cleveland, the old, uh, Cle- the old Baltimore Colts, or no? Wait, the Browns, mo- the Browns moved to Baltimore and became the Ravens, and then the Browns were uh, reestablished as a new team. Yeah, and we we see that um, Josh McCown with a huge week here. I, you know, I'm not trusting him as a starter every week, obviously, but you know, just Baltimore's defense is horrible without Suggs. They can't do anything. Start people against Baltimore. That's the that's the takeaway. Yeah, this is like a couple of years ago. Start everybody in their matchup against Jacksonville. Well, now it's Baltimore. Exactly. Um, so Isaiah Carell looked better this week. Uh, Duke Johnson, though, is, is still the guy I want going forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not changing my tune either. Yeah. Um, especially in PPR, you know, they, they've made it a point to get Duke involved in these games. And, and I do think that uh, he's, you know, he's the better option. Um, uh, Crowell ripped off a sweet catch and run for a touchdown. Take a look at that if you get a chance to. But I, I do agree. Duke Johnson Jr. Yeah. And I, I think we both agree that. Gary Barnage is legit. Um, you know, through um, you know through these last three four weeks uh, with McCown in, Barnage has gotten just about nineteen percent of all the targets. Uh, that that's a solid number, and you know McCown wow. clearly yeah, that, looks that's for that's a lot for it. That's a lot for a tight end. Yeah, Definitely. absolutely. And um, you know, with with Johnny Manziel, he likes to buy time and go for those big shots, and Barnage could certainly be involved in those plays as well. Wow, and he he's coming on and becoming a player just in time for all you Jordan Reed owners uh, to find yourself a new tight end. Yeah, I think um, you know uh, Travis Benjamin. We said before he's still getting a ton of targets. I, I do think he's still a wide receiver three going forward. Yeah, I, I like him. Needs to be owned. Yeah, I mean six for eighty three on twelve targets. Didn't get the touchdown this week, but clearly you know their number one receiver right now. He's established a role on this field, and the quarterbacks like him. So what about uh, Joe Flacco stealing two of Justin Forsett's touchdowns? Shame on you, Joe Flacco. Uh, uh, looking good, looking good, Joe. But uh, you got to be a little smart. I mean, that bootleg was a sweet was a sweet play. But I I never liked seeing those quarterbacks unless it's Big Ben because I know he can take a hit. But anybody, well, I guess that's not the case this season. But anybody other than him, I don't like seeing leap. They they can just do a nice little windmill thing and get taken out of the game right after that. It's not something I like to see. Use your running backs at the goal line. That's what they're there for. Yeah, clearly Baltimore doesn't trust Forsett at the goal line. He is a slightly smaller back. You know, they gave carries to Javorius Allen, and, you know, they tried the play action to Kyle Yushek too. Um, but that, that being said, Forsett still had a good day. It was like seven failed attempts at the goal line because they tried to keep the ball away from Forsett. Then the first time they give it to him, he runs it in no problem. 
Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on here, but um, now Forsett left the game late with an ankle injury. Um, keep an eye on that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, when Taliaferro comes back, I expect him to come back and vulture vulture these goal line carries as well, which which is not good for Forsett, but you still need to start him. He's a, he's a mid to high end RB2 from here on out. Um, if Forsett does miss any time, I do think Taliaferro is the guy, not Buck Allen. Uh, I do think they want him to be the lead back if Forsett were to be out. Definitely. Just monitor the injury for uh, Taliaferro. Make sure he's playing before you, th- before you grab him. Yeah, and uh, Kamar Aiken doing some work in this game, 4 for 78. I think he's kind of got that grip on that number one job now, but he's certainly not a very exciting option. I, I wouldn't expect a ton of production out of him. Far and away the most targets for a wide receiver. He's the guy if you need him. Uh, I was desperate. I needed him in a league, and he, he put up the points that I asked of him. Yeah, I, I think uh, the Baltimore Ravens may be the most surprising, horrible team so far of 2015. Yeah, what's going on over there? Um, yeah, it's tough when, when their defense is just so terrible and giving up 450 passing yards to Josh McCown, that is the, that is the setting the bar for being terrible. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's, what else can you say there? It's no good. Start everybody you own against Baltimore. Yeah. And, uh, you know who gets Baltimore next week for a revenge game is Torrey Smith, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, okay. So St. Louis at green Bay, Nick Foles looks terrible. Um, you know, that's because he is terrible. My friend, their defense gave him plenty of opportunities to keep this game close. And he just basically gave it away. Um, yeah. The- Aaron Rodgers throws 95 uh, picks. Eddie Lacy ro- runs for two yards and still the Packers win by 30. Yeah, um, but the the silver lining for St. Louis is that your number 10 overall pick is just rolling right now. Um, oh. Todd Gurley, not I even don't... a year after his ACL tear, just wow. This this may be a running back. He may be the next running back in the league that we talk about and hold in the same, same regard as we hold like Adrian Peterson. Uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, somebody like that. He looks amazing. I know. I know. I'm getting on the train early. I don't usually do this for rookie running backs, but he is great. He's he can run the football. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He did not do that this game. Obviously, looking at the stat sheet, but he he has the opportunity and ability to. If they can get him the ball like that a little more, he's he's a stud. He's an RB one. Yeah, he's a top ten running back. Um, rest of the season, nothing to say. It's purely on workload. Uh, you know, they handed the ball to him thirty times. Um, you know, he's an RB one. Uh, didn't even get a touchdown here, just to note. Um, but on the receiving side, we we found uh, we found the plane that was carrying Brian Quick. Yeah, he's uh, he's he showed up. He got a catch. He got three targets. As a matter of fact, uh, it was good to see him. Him and Helu uh, both both arrived in some games this week. Yeah, I think uh, as as ugly as it sounds, Tavon Austin is the guy here. Um, I think he's the one that's going to get the most uh, scoring opportunities. It seems like they like giving him the ball on those trick plays near the goal line, and they work. This is a guy who, if he was on a good offense, would be owned in every league. Um, I can't really vouch for him and say to own him in any leagues at this point. Uh, maybe a dynasty. Uh, you never know. A guy like this could get traded if they're looking to sell at the end of the season or something. Um, if somebody's looking for a uh, high, high, uh, high impact, high octane sort of player, so in a dynasty, he definitely needs to be owned. Look, if if he had been drafted by Pittsburgh, he would almost be what Antonio Brown is right now. I think he's that talented. Yeah, I, I think so. 
yeah, terrible waste, just like JJ Watt on a on a terrible offense. Um, yep. But uh, okay, so uh, nothing else really worth talking about. Uh, Jared Cook, he's you know he, again he had that great start to the season like he always does, and now he has one for eight. That's that guy you were talking about before. Yeah. Um. So Aaron Rodgers. Um. You know he's Aaron Rodgers. Even on a down day, he got he got you fifty points. He, he can't be that mad about it. Um. You know he's still the the number one quarterback in fantasy. Yep. Um, Eddie Lacy, uh, I'm a Lacy owner in some leagues and I, I'm a little worried. I, I know he started slow last year, but I, I think that Starks is getting so much more work than we expected him to. I think this is going to serve to keep him healthier. I don't think it's going to be uh, the high quality touches when they get in the goal line are still going to go to Lacy. He's still going to have 10 plus touchdowns on the season. It's a non-issue. You think he's going to have 10 plus touchdowns this year? I do. I, I truly do. Well, as a as a Lacey owner, I, I certainly hope you're right. I'm just uh, I'm a little nervous. Not gonna lie. As a Bears fan, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Um, okay, so Ty Montgomery. Interesting. I shouldn't to- be so bitter after a big win, right? No, you shouldn't. But uh, you know, again, even uh, just one last quick note on Lacey. Um, even when he does get you know healthy and they get down to the goal line, who's to say John Coon's not going to vulture more of those touchdowns as he has already? It may happen, but he, he was a little dinged earlier, though. I think he's healthy now. Okay, well, um, going on to the receivers, uh, I mentioned last week Ty Montgomery played virtually 100% of the snaps on offense. Same thing this week, four for 59 and a touchdown on five targets. I think Montgomery's a weekly you know, wide receiver for boom-bust flex. To me, he's a non-starter at this point, but he's also a guy that needs to be owned in leagues preemptively when you don't have to pay for him. Uh, just like at Hankerson before him, it's it's uh, let's see, Adams may be gone a while with a high ankle sprain, and it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that something happens to the aged James Jones. It's not even that. I th- I think my stance on it so far this year has been I don't know if Adams wins back that starting job when he gets back, and the longer he's out, the more time Montgomery has to flash his skills. Also, not wrong. And, uh, you know, James Jones, only three targets here, but we've seen that he only needs one target a game to maybe break a huge touchdown play. Yeah, he's, he's quite good. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else to say. He's just got that connection with Rodgers, and that, that's what Jordy Nelson had. He didn't have elite speed or elite athleticism, and, you know, the connection is what, what you need. It's like he never left in the first place. Yeah, and uh, Richard Rodgers, we're seeing that he's getting more work, and uh, I think that he's going to be a touchdown-dependent, you know, high-end tight end, too. Low-end tight end, one. I think the more comfortable time Montgomery gets with this offense, the more Aaron Rodgers is going to want to get him the football. Richard Rodgers doesn't have a, have a uh, esteemed pedigree of being a great tight end, um, but he's, he's, he's workable. He's startable in, in the NFL. Yeah, and as for Randall Cobb, uh, a little disappointed for his owners, obviously. Only three catches for 23 yards. Um, but I do think that he's still going to have those huge games. People going to have bad games. He's going to be fine. Yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not too worried about Cobb just yet, even with them spreading it around a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about Buffalo at Tennessee. Just a pretty ugly game in general. Uh, I, ho- I hope you didn't spend too much of your afternoon watching this game. Uh, I actually, I, I watched a bit of the game. I, I like this Buffalo team this year. I've, I've been a Rex Ryan fan for years and years. I like the teams he puts together. I think he's very entertaining on the sidelines. I like the way his teams can move, uh, run the football on the ground. And Tyrod 
Taylor is an electrifying quarterback to watch. He, he flashed that again when he ran that touchdown in this week. Tyrod Taylor is a top five or six dynasty quarterback for me. I don't, I don't think this is fool's gold. No, no, he's, he's here and he's here to stay, especially if this offense remains the same. Look, um, he's only going to help the running backs that are in his backfield. Not a great, not a great showing, but when you get down to uh, your, your third stringer and somebody you just signed off the, off the sidewalk, you can't expect that great of a rushing game. Yeah, I mean, look what he's been doing without LaShawn McCoy, without Carlos Williams, without Sammy Watkins, and he is still producing. Definitely. Uh, still threw a touchdown, uh, was able to make, um, was able to make, uh, who was catching the balls? Hogan was able to make Hogan make some plays. Uh, he, I like him. I like him going forward. Look, the question when he came from Baltimore was that, is he more than just a rushing quarterback? And he's shown, you know, up until now that he can stay in the pocket. He can be accurate with those deep and short throws. And now we see his wheels when he has to, he can run it too. Eight for 67 and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, what more do you want from a quarterback? The answer is, to, is a resounding yes. However, be, be wary, however. Um, he's Not many teams have seen him much in this league, and uh, we can always look back to Colin Kaepernick's first couple of games and first season altogether when he came and just lit the lid up. Nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew how to cover him. Um, I don't necessarily expect this huge level of success, but I think he'll be perfectly fine for the rest of this season. I, I get the Kaepernick comparison, but I will say that I, not physically, but the way he plays, I, I'd rather compare Tyrod Taylor to Russell Wilson. Um, okay. Because when the play breaks down a little bit, Taylor tries to stay in the pocket, or if he does scramble, he tries to make things happen downfield, whereas Kaepernick just tucks and runs. Sure, okay, I could see that. But um, Russell, like, but without when Russell Wilson stops rushing a little bit, um, his value goes down. If if you took away Tyrod Taylor's rushing production, he would only have eight points this week. Sure, but that that's why Cam Newton and Russell Wilson are such great fantasy quarterbacks. Yep, I agree. Um, so solid quarterback one rest of the season for me. Um, early word is that Carlos Williams may not be ready for week six either. Um, if that happens, honestly, I, I think again, it's going to be a little bit of booby Heron, or I'm sorry, a little bit of booby Dixon and boom Heron, uh, both have interesting nicknames. So I, I got them mixed up there for a second. Um, <laughs> yep. but I, I don't think that either are going to be more than a wide receiver three. I mean, you're kind of banking on a, on a touchdown or a big run from one of them, but who's it going to be? For me, I think I think uh, Booby Dixon is a start if you're a McCoy owner. Um, Booby was banged up a little coming to this week. That's why that's why uh, Boom Heron got a little more of the work. Dixon is the guy that they want to get involved in the uh, passing game. He knows the offense better. I think I think Dixon for me is a definite start in this next week. Uh, see again, I got to disagree. I think I would take Dan Heron uh, over Booby Dixon if I had to pick one. Um, yeah, yeah. Why? But, uh, what's that? Why? I mean, Heron does have experience in this offense. Um, I, I just think that Booby Dixon, uh, you know, we've heard rumors that he does have a calf issue, and that's partially why they signed Heron. Um, I just think that we, we saw Heron flash a little bit, uh, especially in the passing game while he was in Indianapolis, and I, I just think he's the better back. Okay, we can, we can disagree. Okay, uh, you, you want to put another bet on this one? Uh, yeah, we might as well. I think, I think, All right, I so, think Booby Dixon will... Will out. I will even give you. I'll give you a cushion of three points. Okay, I will take. I will take Dan Heron. You will take the points. Yeah. Booby Dixon minus three. All right. Well, let's do it. We'll see. Let Let's do it and see. 
Um, so, you know, another, another good matchup, obviously for Tyrod Taylor as well. Uh, we saw what Russell Wilson was able to do against the Bengals defense and especially at home, uh, in Buffalo. I think, uh, I think Tyrod Taylor will be just fine. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll be just fine. Um, um go ahead. Clay, uh, didn't necessarily produce much this week. He was a little, little banged up, uh, disappeared. I think he should be fine going forward. Um, 12, 14 team leagues. He needs to be owned. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even 12 team leagues. Um, I, I think he's going to be a low end tight end one. Definitely. Uh, again, uh, Buffalo on the, or excuse me, on the other side, Tennessee, uh, Marcus Mariota teams have had a little bit of time to adjust. Now he's, you know, basically they're trying to take away those shorter routes because that's where Mariota does his damage. Um, I, I think that he's still going to be, a, you know, a decent matchup dependent QB two, but certainly not, uh, not what, what people were thinking after his blow up in week one. Don't overthink it here. Mariota's fine. This is what happens when a, when a rookie quarterback plays against Rex Ryan. Yeah. Um, exotic blitzes are Rex Ryan's game. Um, I don't, what about the running game? I don't want anybody. No, I, I still don't. Uh, maybe Antonio Andros in in a deep league. He seems to be the guy that um, if you're in PPR, he's getting PPR value here, uh, here and there. But Dexter McCluster was probably the best back on the, in the ground in the running game this week. And that just keeps changing every week. I think last week was Andrews. The week before that was Sankey week before that it was uh, McCluster. So I expect Cobb to have a good week whenever he comes a relatively good week. I don't think it'll top seven points or anything, but just bust back on, on Tennessee. So I'm steering way clear of this backfield situation uh, with the caveat of, of Antonio Andrews in a very deep PPR league. You know, I will take the evil that we don't know over the evil that we know. And that is David Cobb. Um, I do think that he's the last guy I'm holding out hope for um, of anyone we've seen thus far. Um, if, sure. if you got space in a deeper league with, with your bench space, uh, he, he's the guy who I think eventually will be the guy in Tennessee. I can't disagree with that. How about pass catchers? Uh, I mean, everybody's terrible in this game. I don't know what to say about um, Kendall Wright. We had a Justin Hunter up. sighting, though. He's He was back and better than almost ever. That was cool. I thought I had, I'd all but given up on him ever coming back in an NFL game. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm certainly not starting Justin Hunter in anything, uh, not even as a GPP play in daily. Um, Delaney Walker, I, I still think Delaney Walker might be, you know, the number one receiver, so to speak here, um, with as Mariota's tight end uh, blanket, um, you know, certainly didn't do great in this game. But again, Buffalo is a tough matchup for a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. that That's what this, uh, that's what the diagnosis of this game was. Uh, you know who's not a touch map matchup is Detroit. So let's talk about Arizona at Detroit. Oh boy! Um, I don't know. I don't really know what there is to say other than start everybody on the Cardinals except for Michael Floyd. Yeah, for now, uh, Floyd keep him out of your lineup. But everybody seems to be producing. Um, even Andre Ellington got like no work, but he ripped off a monster, uh, monster touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, look, you're starting Carson Palmer as a QB1. You're starting Chris Johnson as a running back two, maybe even a low-end running back one. Um, he looks rejuvenated. Um, you know, uh, what was it? David Johnson only got two carries, but he got two touchdowns. Is that right? Three, yeah, three touches, two, uh, three touches, two touchdowns, six yards. Nice yeah. day for the rookie. Uh, I, I was shocked to see them bring him in on the goal line right there. He's not a big back. I, I fully expected Chris Johnson to be right there, but I mean, Bruce Sarians, I guess, got a little tricky. I uh, wanted to see what he could do. Maybe uh, putting Dave Johnson in the game 
maybe uh, confused the Lions defense, thought they were definitely going pass play, and they just punched it right in twice. That, that said, if, uh, if there are owners in your league who just kind of look at the box score, I would definitely try to sell high on uh, David Johnson. These are definitely very fluky touchdowns. Oh, definitely not even box score. I know. I know. There's a vast majority of people that just looks at, look at points scored. Yeah, that said, he could be the Anton Smith of this year. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. Maybe he only needs you know one one catch a game to get that sixty yard touchdown, kind of like Ellington. Um, they are, they so, are he, similar explosive players. Yeah, that that's pretty much what his numbers are looking like. Definitely. Yeah, so I think RB2, uh, CJ Johnson. Um, Ellington is a uh, low-end RB2 in PPR just because he'll get those catches as well. And I think yep. David Johnson is a desperation flex. Definitely. Um, same can be said about the wide receivers. All flex-worthy, except, I mean, Michael Floyd isn't not flex-worthy. He just hasn't come on at, yet at all this year. I would hold him. I don't think I would drop him. Mm, I, I think if, if you need somebody, there's so many wide receivers that Floyd is droppable for me. Um, I, I, you know, we saw John Brown finally get the big catches here instead of the pass interference penalties, as we said. Um, you know, he's living up to his wide receiver value. I disagree. I think Larry Fitzgerald is a wide receiver too. I, I, yeah, I would agree at this point. And a high end wide receiver too at that. Okay, I would agree at this point. Um, however, I would disagree on Michael Floyd. Uh, when you when you stack your bench, you look for lottery tick. And what we talked so much about preseason uh, in the preseason about uh, wide receiver handcuffs. How can you not think Michael Floyd's a wide receiver handcuff? Um, I don't know. I just don't think he's the same type of player as Larry Fitzgerald. We've seen that they they don't even really give him short routes to run. They basically send him deep every every play, um, which can certainly pay off against some secondaries. But I think for the most part, Floyd is droppable. There are just so many wide receiver options in the league at this point with the passing league. All right. I, you drop him, I'll hang on. You drop him, and I'll pick him up. Okay. Fair enough. You can have him. Uh, Thank good, you. Good riddance. Um, uh, oh. As for, uh, as for Detroit, I, I think I saw a picture of them, and they, they look very familiar because of something big and green in my back alley, and that is a dumpster fire. Um, we thought we thought that chicago is me the worst team in the nfc north this year and and wow were we wrong i mean man uh matt stafford uh, we discussed in the preseason i I said that he was purely a volume dependent quarterback and he's been awful just a low-end quarterback too and he got benched in this game after throwing four picks hey the more volume he has the more opportunities he has to turn the ball over and he showed he has a great great ability to do that um, yet, yet another week that I think he was playing uh, fantasy golf, trying to go for the low score. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but um, certainly not starting Matthew Stafford. Uh, I'm sorry, he only had three picks, but uh, pr- pretty bad all around. It was pretty funny. The, re- the report that came out was that uh, the head coach told him that if you throw one more uh, interception, you will be benched this game. And then he went out first uh, first possession of the uh, second half and subsequently through an interception yet again and it also says something about your quarterback when uh when when they'll bench their their quote-unquote future and put in uh the the uh, man the myth the legend dan orlovsky who's very famous for running out of the back of his own, own end zone <laughs> inadvertently scoring a safety for the other team hey man sometimes you just gotta be the nice guy and you know a little gamesmanship <laughs> yeah that's right make it more interesting yeah, and um, you know, speaking of turnovers, Jim Caldwell certainly didn't like the interceptions, and he didn't like the fumbles either. Uh, Mir Abdullah got benched uh, after two fumbles, one in the return game and one as a runner. 
Um, free Zach Zenner. He looked good despite the matchup. Ripped up, ripped up a couple of uh, slightly longer runs. Um, you know, obviously not a great matchup versus the Arizona Cardinals, but I, there's there's talk that Joyke Bell might be ready for Week Six. I, I think they need to keep giving the ball to Zenner. I don't know what to make of this backfield right now. I think Amir Abdullah is still the best back in the backfield without question. He's the most talented. Uh, there are a lot of guys that have fumbling issues uh, when they're young, and then they can fix those. They do a little extra work in one, two weeks of uh, practice, and then they're absolutely fine. I wouldn't cut bait on Joyke Bell. I wouldn't so, or, uh, I wouldn't cut bait on Amir Abdullah. I wouldn't set, sell low on him, uh, on him or anything, but I can't. Uh, distinctly say that Zach Zenner isn't necessarily going to be the lead back for the next couple weeks. Here's my uh, my thoughts on Joyke Bell summed up in one phrase. Uh, he's on the waiver wire in a couple leagues. I'm not picking him up. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not burning a waiver on him, but if he but if I'm desperate and he passes waivers, I might uh, pick him up and, and put him on. I'd have to be very desperate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'd have to be very desperate. And like I said, I'm not, I'm not even using a tax, top six waiver there. More importantly, I think Theo Riddick is legit. He, he has almost no carries every game, but he's the number 13 running back in PPR leagues. I, I think he's worth that waiver pickup. Yeah, this may be the uh, this may look very similar to what's going on in Dallas. The the weed in effect. Um, you get you get down big, and then you uh, are completely unable to uh, get the ball downfield to your receiver. So you've got to dump it out underneath to uh, to a running back. Yeah, and that's going to keep happening as long as Detroit's defense, you know, uses Baltimore as a role model. Um, you know, DeAndre Levy may be out for quite some time with that hip injury, and he's huge to their defense. Uh, you know. I think that they're going to be playing from behind quite a bit, and Riddick may be PPR gold. Low-end PPR flex? Uh, not even a flex, RB2. Low-end PPR RB2? Okay. Yeah, yeah low RB2 and PPR. Okay. Um, as for Eric Ebron, you know, he's still out right now, but I do think that he's worth a, worth a pickup, uh, you know, a free agent pickup if he's out there. Um, we, we do see that he's... He's been involved in that offense uh, when he's been healthy, and I, I do think that he'll continue to be involved. Okay. Um, okay. So, is that all, or do you have anything else on Detroit? No, that covers it for the for the uh, for the cowardly lions. <laughs> I like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, moving on to another uh, game where one team just dominated: uh, New England at Dallas. Uh, Brady's awesome. I don't know what else there is to say. They scored about 30. This, this game seemed so close. It seemed like, uh, it seemed like, uh, the Patriots were ineffective. It seemed like they should have put about 40 more points on the board, but they still scored 30 and held Dallas to six. Yeah, I I think it was two things. One, Greg Hardy is as terrible of a human being as he is. I do think that he's a great football player. Uh, certainly, you know, got a few hits on Brady. Um, but more importantly, I think a lot of it too was they were coming out of their bye, you know, hadn't been in game speed for a week, and you know they were just kind of getting back in the swing of things. That could be it. Uh, Dallas, Dallas is able to get at the quarterback, just like you said, and they they came at with a fury. They got got away with some late hits, which usually are called, but uh, that just may be the thing. I don't know. I, I'm not typically a conspiracy theorist, but do you think Goodell maybe said, "Hey refs, let these guys beat up, let these guys beat them up a little bit out there"? Because <laughs> there were definitely at least at least three or four no call uh, late hits on the quarterback. That would have been no brainer calls, and I don't even like uh, calling that play. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like normally Brady would get that superstar treatment where you know you get touch him and it's a it's a penalty. 
Um, but I don't know. I'm not one to believe in those theories. Um, I don't know. Is that worrisome? I mean, Goodell is a he's a he's a dictator. He's a he's a fascist. He's a <laughs> he's a lot of things. He he might have he might. Have, this is bounty gate on Tom Brady, and I might be a little worried if I see this again next game if there's no late hits called. Um, that's a recipe for disaster for Brady owners. Yeah, I'm not I'm not too worried about that just yet. I'm not going to buy into that theory, but. Um... For fantasy purposes, certainly you don't want to see Tom Brady take those kind of hits. Um, no, definitely you don't want you don't want to see that those 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 blindside hits just just taking him and he you know when you see that whiplash effect and then collapse to the ground. It's it never looks good. It's not it's not good for your neck. It's not good for your football. And, and I don't care. Yeah, it's not a good recipe. Yeah, that said, I will say that Tom Brady is a pretty tough SOB. You know, he, you know, a lot of quarterbacks complain after stuff like that. He just gets back up and puts up more points. That's right. He he just gets up, and his his uh his complaint is that uh, he he whips the ball downfield to the Gronk, who who rips off a forty yard gain for a touchdown. That, that's how he responds. Yeah, uh, you know, Gronk in this game didn't get the touchdown, but had some mean stiff arms. Uh, Gronk is Gronk. He'll, this is a down game for him. Four for. Fi- Four for sixty-seven is his floor, and he'll be just fine. I think the game planned him quite well. Uh, between getting to Brady and taking Gronk out of the game, um, Gronk still put together a ten-point PPR game. Yeah, there's there's not too much you can do to stop Gronk. You can only slow him down so much. Um, exactly. So Julian Edelman, this is basically the kind of game we expect from him going forward. Uh, he's just an absolute PPR monster, but actually had the yardage and the touchdown in this one. And uh, you know, he's a he's a Wide receiver one for me right now. He's a PPR wide receiver one. I, I'd call him a mid mid to high range wide receiver two in a in a standard. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. You you don't typically see this sort of game actually out of him. Four catches for 120 and a touchdown. You'll usually see like 11 catches for for 89 yards and no touchdown. But if he's getting you points, he's getting you points. Yeah, and one one last note, uh, Keyshawn Martin and Danny Amendola, I don't care about either of them, but uh, keep in mind that Brandon LaFell is eligible to return week seven. He'll be uh, back again someday, just like Frosty. <laughs> and, yeah, and uh, I think that, uh, you know, reports have been that he's been looking good. He's been walking around without a limp, and, you know, we'll have to see how well he's conditioned and, you know, how well he's, you know, acquainted with uh, the new offense and everything. But uh, I do think that he will have value when he comes back. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully reports of his return won't be vastly overestimated. I, th- I think you've, if you have room on your bench, this week is the week to pick him up, not before the articles and the reports come out next week. Definitely, but I, I wouldn't wait to do it afterwards uh, unless you want to pay for him. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, in the running game, uh, Legarek Blunt actually outcarried Deion Lewis 13-7, to but Deion Lewis is still the guy I want here, obviously. I was expecting a bigger game from Blunt uh, against this bad Dallas run defense. That said, they were able to lean on him. He put together seven, seven, uh, seven points. I was expecting probably a touchdown, but he just didn't get an opportunity. Um, Lewis, Lewis, they just resigned, which is very rare to see uh, Bill Belichick's team do for a running back. I think that bodes well for his uh, future value. Yeah, the the fact that they re-signed him for two years and gave him millions of dollars that that speaks volumes about how important he is to the, this offense. He's a running back one going forward. They don't sign the best running backs to any sort of contract. Um, this is a huge. This is a totally incentive laden deal. It's a very good deal for the Patriots. Um, but Deion Lewis, if he keeps producing, can earn a lot of money on it. 
And just a, a quick game note here from uh, the Monday night game. Cortez Allen just limped off the field. Certainly bodes well for your Phillip Rivers and your Chargers shares. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so going back to this uh, Dallas side of the game, uh, Brandon Whedon's terrible. I kind of wish that they would have given Matt, Matt Castle his chance to get back at the Patriots a little bit. Uh, oh, that would have been a nice little. Uh, that would have been a nice little narrative. Yeah, I was hoping that they would put him in. I, I think he's in play for next week because Brandon Whedon just terrible. Ref- refused to throw downfield and uh, zero touchdowns. Still got picked off. Um, yeah, and Whedon is not the answer here. An inability to throw downfield against this Patriots secondary speaks volumes. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, what about the running back situation? You know, we've discussed this terrible, mired, confusing pile of running backs. Uh, I don't even know what to call them at this point. It's a scary situation all around. Um, I do think that Darren McFadden has stepped up, has taken the Lance Dunbar role, and I think he's a flex to possible RB2 um, in, in a PPR league, most definitely. Uh, I'm starting him for now. I know he's Darren McFadden, and I know we know what Darren McFadden is, but for right now, He's this. He's he's a he's a PPR starter in the Lance Dunbar role on a team that's going to be playing from behind and throwing a bajillion dink and dunk passes to uh, to to uh, the running back. Uh, that was the only time that Whedon had any success in this game was when he started just throwing the ball to McFadden. And this does not bode very well for Joe Randall. I think he may start every game this season, but I think he'll probably be held to less than 80 yards and maybe a touchdown I think 80 yards and a touchdown in a game is probably his ceiling this uh, for the season going forward. When you can't get downfield with your receivers, it makes it very difficult for your running backs to produce. Yeah, and I think that uh, you know Matt Castle needs to start if only because he's more willing to take shots downfield. We saw that when Sam Bradford wasn't willing to take shots downfield, that completely shut down the entire Eagles offense. And now that he's finally doing that, that they have more room to work with underneath and the, over the middle of the field. And that's exactly the problem they had here because uh, expecting a bigger game for Cole Beasley and Jason Witten in PPR leagues, but they completely covered them because they knew that Whedon wouldn't take shots downfield. Definitely. Um, Joe Randall, I don't think his job's in danger right now, but Christian Michael, keep an eye out for him. Yeah, certainly uh, when McFadden gets hurt, pulls that hammy again, I think Michael's going to be involved. Yeah, hey, he's... I don't got calling him a must own at this point would be me endorsing a necessity to own all three Dallas running backs. And I really can't get behind that right now. Yeah. Um, I don't want any share of them. Uh, again, as you said, I think McFadden is the best of the bunch in PPR and that's saying a lot here. Yeah. And that's only for now. That's, that's a very transient title that he's holding on to. Um, Jason Witten held to 33 yards. He's going to be okay going forward. Uh, just, just for the, just for the reasons of uh, acquiring a bunch of targets. Yeah. Um, There's really not much to say. Hopefully that does Bryant will come back uh, in the game against the giants, but I think that's more optimistic. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. He got, uh, he got a uh, sort of voodoo medicine uh, injection in his foot, which is allegedly supposed to get him back on the field by week seven. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not buying that narrative just yet. No, Um, no. Uh, uh, Hi, this high, high, uh, High octane receiver. He's going to need to be back at at the very least 75, 80% in order to be very good because people key on Des Bryant. He's a man that gets double, triple coverage. He's a man who gets hit around, beat up a lot because he's so good. Um, and Romo, I don't, there's going to need to be a, a very perfect storm in order for this Dallas offense to be, get good. Romo's going to have to come back and be effective 
And does Bryant's going to have to come back, be healthy, and be able to get, get up in the air and get downfield very well. And yet, we saw last night that the Giants almost lost at home to the 49ers. There's a very good chance that Dallas could still come out on top in the NFC East. How yeah, sad is hey, that? Despite all that, how crazy. Um, all right, so let's move on to the AFC West. Denver at Oakland, big divisional uh, rivalry here. And Oakland actually led uh, for a good portion of the game. They kept it very close. And then, uh, you know, Denver scraped out a win with its defense, as it has been doing all season. Um, quick stat here. Uh, I, I can't take credit for it. I believe it was either ESPN, Stats and Info, or somebody on Twitter. Um, certainly credit to whoever did that. But 80% of Denver's points so far this season can have come from either their defense or their kicker. Wow, I think that's a good. I think that's actually a great stat for Denver. Um, I don't expect Manning to be this bad um, every week. Now, this was against a sort of soft Oakland team. But Peyton Manning finds a way. He's a great offensive mind. He'll figure out a way to get his receivers worked. Um, and the big hamper here, just like a few other teams in this league, is this running game. Yeah, and, you know, we, we saw last year that Tom Brady wasn't himself. Uh, you know, what, they weren't good for the first four games, and then they managed to turn around. But I don't think that that's going to happen here. I think that Denver's offensive line um, just simply isn't good at run blocking or pass blocking and that, if they keep this up, Peyton Manning is going to get hurt, and then their season may or may not be done, depending on how, what you think about Brock Osweiler. Absolutely. Uh, if if you can find somebody to trade Peyton Manning to, I would do it. I wouldn't sell him too low. Uh, I'm not saying go grab Ryan Tannehill or anything crazy like that. But a Manning-Manning swap isn't completely out of the question right here. Uh, he's not a guy that you can afford to put on your bench if you spend such a high pick drafting him more than likely. But if you can swap him or, or maybe trade him for another player, and if you're in a shallower league, maybe, okay, in this case, I guess I can endorse. If you can trade Manning and get a better player, I can maybe endorse starting Andy Dalton in that sort of case. But there's enough enough other good options in shallower leagues that you might be able to find an answer. Nope. Uh, you know my stance on this. If, if you can get Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor from Peyton Manning straight up, I would easily do that. Without a, hmm. without a doubt, I would instant accept an offer like I don't think I would take them straight up. Okay. Um, that's fair. I, I'm just, you know, I've never, yep. I, I understand the start your studs thing, but at a certain point you have to look at the games and you have to see what the players are doing this year and you have to adjust for that. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Manning may just be Peyton Manning and name alone from here on out. Yeah, um, and you know that that doesn't bode well for Demarius. I think he's downgraded to wide receiver two right now. He'll have those big games, but he also is going to have games like this. Um, I ex- I think he's a good enough player, and he's got a good enough coach that they'll figure out a way to make him very good. Look, he's still a high end wide receiver two for me, simply because of the opportunity. But you can no longer say that he's a weekly stud. Yeah, I, I, I have him. I have him and Sanders much closer to each other uh, in my mind now. No, if anything, Sanders has moved ahead. Clearly, Peyton Manning looks for him on every third down. He's the primary read, the the guy that Peyton wants to go to, and he's earned his trust. And I think that's I would take Sanders over Demarius the rest of the season. Sure. The other thing that sort of helps that is typically your top corner will, um, unless they play sides of the field like a uh, like Seahawks usually do. Although recently they've had they've been moving Richard Sherman around, but typically the top corner does go on Demarius Thomas, which should only help uh, Sanders even more with Manning strong, struggling this much. Yeah, and I I think that if I if I don't own Sanders or um, Demarius here, 
I think I want Brandon McManus. I think that's the next most fantasy relevant player on this offense. He's been doing well for me. Yeah. Um, I just CJ Anderson, Ronnie Hillman, just terrible. I no, no two ways about it. Yeah. I, I picked up Hillman in two leagues this week, just trying to see if they could muster something together. Uh, this running game is bad. Look, when you combine for 43 rushing yards against Oakland, that there's issues. Yeah. Yeah, but severe issues, that's for sure. Yeah, I, I think if anyone still believes in Anderson or Hillman on, on, in your league right now, you, you sell for whatever you can get. Now, if they blow up later, I'm fine with that. If I can get, if I can get Lamar Miller for C.J. Anderson, I'll take that. Oh, two similar by-low guys. I, I think I agree there. Uh, Lamar Miller, to me, is, is the best of those three running backs, just from a talent perspective. And with the new, uh, new coach on Miami, he may bring in a new sort of offense. Uh, I don't know if you, you saw he, he this guy looks great. He looks very fun. I think he he's be a great coach to have uh, as as a college or high school coach. I don't know how much the uh, the NFL guys are going to like him. First day of practice, he had everybody line up and do Oklahoma drills. That shows a guy that wants to hit somebody in the mouth and run the football more than likely. Yeah, look, the new coach. He used to be a blocking tight end. He he's talked repeatedly in press conferences about how it's about toughness. And you know, when when I hear that, it's run the ball. And I hope they give Miller more carries. It, he's an absolute buy low. I know we we won't talk about Miami, uh, you know, in this podcast because they had they were on buy. But Lamar Miller, absolute buy low. Yeah, hundred percent. I agree right there. Okay, so let's talk about Oakland. Uh, Derek Carr predictably did not do well against the best defense in the league. He's still a, a matchup dependent uh, high end QB two for me going forward. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, not much more to say there. Uh, same with Latavius. It looks like that they just kind of abandoned the run. Uh, you know, halfway through the game, uh, they realized that they simply couldn't do anything against Denver. Um, I, I think he's still an RB two. I, I don't think there's any issues in terms of losing the job here. Yeah, I don't know that they got down enough at any point in this game that they should have really abandoned the run, especially going into the halftime um, up. But it seems like they did get away from it. Only 13 carries for for, uh, Latavius Murray. Um, Yeah, better game planning is needed on this Oakland offense, but but Murray is a good player. I do think he was also banged up a little bit. Uh, We we saw the other backs get some work here, but I I do think it's saw Halu get some work and saw Reese. Uh, saw Marcel Reese get a lot of uh, a lot of targets and touches. I guess not a ton. Oh, I guess yeah, he had he had eight targets. I thought I saw his name being uh, being called a lot. One thing I didn't realize he's got a C on his uh, on his jersey. He, I didn't realize he that Marcel Reese was a team captain. Reese has been uh, the heart and soul for the Oakland Raiders for a few years now. Every time McFadden would get hurt, Marcel Reese would step up, and yet they refused to hand him the starting job. So you know what? Uh, I don't care. It's Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. The other thing was, uh, you know, Amari Cooper, 447. He'll be just fine going forward. This was against the best defense in the league, worked against Chris Harris, and still did okay. Um, same be- thing. Yeah, same same exact thing for Chris uh, Michael Crabtree. Very similar stats. Uh, Cooper's still a uh, wide receiver, too. And for me, Crabtree, I, I'd still I'd still start Crabtree in leagues this, uh, this coming week and going forward. Yeah, you know, Crabtree leg, led the team with nine targets, uh, mostly because Cooper was shadowed by, you know, Chris Harris a little bit. Um, I, I do think that Crabtree is not going to be the primary guy, but certainly he's shown that, you know, we've seen that Derek Carr trusts Crabtree. Definitely. Um, okay, so moving on to the Sunday night football game, San Francisco 49ers at the New York Giants. And this actually brings us to this week's close shave of the week, brought to you Ooh. by Gillette, the best a man can get. Um, and with his team down four points with 21 seconds remaining in the game, 
Uh, Giants tight end Larry Donnell caught a 12-yard touchdown pass over the middle from Eli Manning. Uh, Donnell actually grabbed the football over a defending Navarro Bowman and managed to catch the football over his head against his helmet. A very David Tyree-esque catch for the game-winning score. Uh, So get your close shave like Larry Donnell with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. Yeah, you know, they say that Gillette's the best of me. I can get, I know quite a few women that also like Gillette too. <laughs> Certainly true. Uh, you know, we're, we're not sexist on this podcast by any means. That's right. Um, so the 49ers here, Colin Kaepernick actually looked all right against a, a Giants defense that has been decent so far this season. Uh, they seem to just collapse here. Um, I don't know. I mean, Kaepernick's still a matchup dependent quarterback too. He's going to have big games like this and then he's going to have his four interception games. Uh, but certainly his ground game helps him a ton. Yeah, for me, he's too inconsistent, and this offense is just too inconsistent for me to ever look his way. Yeah, and uh, for Carlos Hyde, he's kind of like Doug Martin. The talent is there, but uh, the the offense, if they get down a lot, then he might get game scripted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that said, I, I think he's still an RB2 simply because, again, there are so few running backs that get the kind of workload that he gets. Yeah, he's not a guy that you're able to get rid of, uh, and he's not a guy that you can sit on your bench either. You're you're not going to want to having spent likely a fourth, fifth rounder, a uh, third rounder. Uh, now that I'm thinking back, no, I think fourth or fifth rounder on him. You, you're not going to be putting him on your bench and and just watching him sit there. Yeah, and certainly uh, I'll have to eat some crow again right now because we made a bet last week on the podcast that I actually thought Reggie Bush would. Uh, you know, get more involved in this uh, offense. I thought that the Giants were going to lead by quite a few points in this game. Clearly, that did not happen. Um, I thought that Bush would outscore Carlos Hyde in this game, and that didn't even come close to happening. Well, he did on a golf scorecard. Reggie Bush put together a uh, depending on your league settings. If if you have this, uh, if you have them set right, then Reggie Bush put up a zero, negative zero point one point game. All right, uh, Reggie Bush is droppable <laughs> now for me. Uh, I've been holding on to him in a 14-team PPR league simply because of the scarcity of running backs there, but he's a he's an easy drop, guys. Um, even, yeah. if, even if he does start producing, he'll get hurt somehow. Um, Anquan Bolden, uh, this is the only good game he's had thus far in the season. He'll have some of these games simply due to volume because he's Kaepernick's favorite target. Um, he does get Baltimore next week, and we saw what happened there with Cleveland. Um, but I, I, I still think Bolden's just a wide receiver for at this point. You're, you're hoping for a desperate good game from him. Definitely uh, playing, playing Baltimore. Also, Torrey Smith playing Baltimore. Two, uh, two former Baltimore receivers playing against their old team. I will, I will play Torrey Smith in every league that I can play him in this week. I, I think he's going to have a huge game. You mean um, season or weekly? Both. Um, really yeah if you can pick him up off the waiver wire or uh, you know a low waiver pickup or a free agent pickup after the waiver runs if you can grab tory smith i would start him over quite a few receivers that are boom or bust this week is that um, because this is a revenge game or absolutely is it- we, we saw oh, okay. what andre johnson did um the, the combination of baltimore being terrible and the revenge game aspect of it yeah for me that's just so anecdotal uh the revenge game makes for a nice narrative, but I never really buy into it. Um, I would I would say I'm starting Bolden, but I don't think I would go after Torrey Smith. Well, I would start Torrey Smith over Willie Sneed this week. Um, oh, over who, sorry? Willie Sneed. 
Okay. I would start Tory Smith over Marcus Wilson, even if okay. Royal and Jeffrey are both out. Um, even if Royal's back, uh, I would start uh, Tory Smith over Royal. Um, over any boomer bust wide receiver three, I would start Tory Smith. I, I believe him in this week. Travis Benjamin? Yep, I would start Tory Smith. Okay. All um, right. Uh, especially because I, I believe Cleveland gets Denver next week. So definitely not Travis oh, Benjamin. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, sorry. <laughs> um, but okay. Let's finish out with the Giants side. Um, Eli Manning is a quarterback one right now. I think he's the quarterback seven. Um, certainly uh, he'll continue rolling, but certainly important. Odell Beckham left this game, came back for a play, but hamstring injury. We know he's had issues with that in the past. Missed four games last year, his rookie season with that same issue. Uh, definitely, definitely something you want to keep an eye on if you own either Eli Manning or Odell Beckham. And I think that that uh, last touchdown, that last drive of the game, um, made it very apparently clear that um, they will put him on the field even if he's banged up as a decoy. Uh, he is the reason that they won this football game. He ran out there um, just because of his talent. That corner, um, forget which corner it was, but he drew that defensive, uh, the uh, defensive pass interference penalty moved the ball all the way downfield, and that's what set up that Larry Donnell game-winning touchdown. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. May, will be on the field if he's any semblance of healthy, just to draw coverage, but he may not produce. That said, you can't bench him as an OBJ owner, so no. that be, that that's a recipe for a very frustrating situation. Absolutely not. Um, but more, more, even more concerning for Eli Manning owners, such as myself in multiple leagues, uh, Ruben Randall's getting an MRI. He also got hurt in this game. Um, an- another hamstring injury for another Giants wide receiver. Victor Cruz still hobbled by that calf injury. Who is Eli Manning going to throw to? Um, yeah, that doesn't leave many people. Dwayne Harris, uh, they've got that second tight end. Uh, Ty had a couple catches. But yeah, I mean, th- maybe it bodes for some big weeks for Shane Vereen. I-, I don't know. Look, Shane Vereen got eight targets in this game, caught all eight for 86 and a touchdown. If if OBJ and Ruben Randall are hurt next week, I am buying Shane Vereen everywhere and daily. Yeah. You gotta. Um, yeah, he, he could I, get, I could he see He could that. get 15 targets in that game. He, clearly, yeah. Eli doesn't trust Dwayne Harris or Miles White or Jeremy Davis or whatever other scrubs they're running out there. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. So, uh, what about Rashad Jennings? He, he did get the start again, but I don't know how much that counts. Five for 24 looked good, but he just doesn't get enough work. Yeah, I still want to avoid um, just just looking at this situation. Uh, Williams was scaled back in this game. I don't know if I care that he was scaled back. Uh, he'll probably have seven carries next week. It's just a Look, sort of jumble of offense between the running backs there. Here's the, for me, here's for the me, only it's... thing I want to say about Andre Williams. Sure. If you own Josh Brown, the Giants kicker, Andre Williams is your best friend. When, when he fails at those goal line carries that he's awful at, <laughs> he is your best friend if you are a Josh Brown owner. Well, there you go. Don't, don't own him. Just enjoy him. Yeah. Um, so uh, Larry Donnell, I, I've been saying he's a tight end one just because of the target volume and the red zone opportunities that he gets. I think he gets a bump too if the wide receivers are hurt. He does get a bump. Uh, he's not in a he's not in a must start category for me. But if you're uh, if you've got a tight end on by, if you're a Witten owner or something and need need to find somebody this next week, then then possibly look then definitely look his way. As a matter of fact, not just possibly. Uh, Giants, uh, Giants are matched up against um, Philly. 
Philadelphia this next week. A lot of offense in that game. Yeah, and uh, you know, I just think that Danell and Vereen are going to be the primary beneficiaries if you know either or, or both of the wide receivers are limited. Uh, yeah, I won't. I won't disagree. Okay, so that's going to end the wrap up here. Um, so far, Pittsburgh is scoreless in the second, and Yikes. San Diego has one touchdown. We'll see how this game goes. I certainly need the Chargers to do more for some daily lineups that I have going right now. Yeah. Um, so a few important buys. Next week, Dallas, Oakland, St. Louis, and Tampa Bay. Yeah, not a lot of players being uh, taken out of lineups um, in those four teams. Gurley, for sure, uh, both the wide receivers in Tampa Bay. Um, Randall McFadden, that situation. Latavius Murray, Doug Martin. Um, only quarterback, I, I don't really think there's any quarterbacks that are, be taken, out, that are taken out of lineups um, Derek here. Derek Carr, if you've been relying on him. If, if you've been relying on him, regardless what your situation is, if you are a Roma owner, uh, Cutler has a very nice matchup against Detroit, and Bortles has a very nice matchup at Houston. Yeah, and I, I do think we'll see Mario to bounce back a little bit next week as well. Um, I believe that he gets uh, Miami, who has a pretty bad secondary as well. We'll see how they do after the bye week. There you go. Um, okay, so uh, for wide receivers, Cooper is going to be out, uh, Jackson and Evans. Um, Hearns and Robinson, uh, I mean, I think those will be good pickups if uh, Alan Hearns is still a free agent. Um, and yeah, if, if Hearns is there and you need a wide receiver, I would grab him for sure this week. Yeah, and then the only tight end really is uh, Witten. Um, you know, Austin Safarian Jenkins has been out with that injury, so you haven't been starting him. And certainly Oakland and St. Louis don't have any notable tight ends that you've been starting in fantasy. Um, so what about uh, any waiver wire pickups that you want to discuss? Sure. I touched on, on him a little bit earlier. I think Charkandrick West is a must own in all leagues, 10 teams, eight, eight, eight team leagues, 10 team leagues. He needs to not be left on the waiver wire anymore. Um, also, Thomas Rawls, which it, it's ludicrous, but I know there's leagues because I'm in one league uh, where Thomas Rawls was on the waiver wire still. Um, just two running backs that need to be on teams right now. These are definition of high, high, uh, high value handcuffs that you try and identify in drafts. Neither of these were identified in any drafts that I was on. Yeah. And I, on the wide receiver front, uh, Jameson Crowder, we mentioned earlier, I wouldn't hesitate to spend 10 to 15 bucks on him. Same with yep. Willie Sneed. Clearly he's the wide receiver too now, especially with Colson hurt. Uh, is he, I believe he has a separate shoulder, so we'll see how long he's out for. Um, and then Marcus Wilson, five to ten bucks. Uh, he's a solid wide receiver three as long as Alshon's out. Uh, even if Royals back, that Detroit defense certainly not very scary so far this year. Definitely, definitely agree there. Um, a couple lesser running backs we already touched on: Niall Davis. You touched on Zach Zenner. Theoretic. We, we've uh, as we've mentioned, just a, just a refresher. Yeah, of those three, you know, I believe in Zenner's talent the most. But as for current opportunity, I, I think Theoretic is a must own in PPR leagues. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so what about a few good matchups that you uh, you think are going to happen next week? Sure, Arizona is going to be going into uh, into uh, Pittsburgh playing against that uh, not very good secondary. We'll call it. Uh, Michael Floyd could be primed for some big opportunities here. I, I would still start Brown and and Fitz over him, but this could be that week that Floyd breaks out. Okay, and then similarly, you know, we already briefly touched on this so i won't say too much about it but tory smith I, i'm starting him everywhere uh gpp uh you know daily daily leagues um just everywhere tory smith absolutely 
Uh, if there was a week to start LeGarrette Blunt, this one coming up against Indianapolis, uh, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, they have a message to send. They've had a message to send the entire year, but this is the game that they circled with the entirety of this deflate gate, all of this nonsense, they have a point to prove. They will probably publish and print and remeasure the, the sizes of these footballs every offensive uh, every offensive drive just to prove a point and then stuff it down Indianapolis's throat over and over again. Yeah. Ninety five points. Hammer the over in your point spread <laughs> in every in every gambling scenario. That's funny because I was just going to ask you if uh, New England was going to win by fifty or sixty. <laughs> It's, it's yeah I'll, I'll take the i'll take the over on 60 um okay so uh an, another good play that i like uh for more for gpp uh contrarian uh, i do like zach zinner uh, chicago's defense has gotten better now with uh you know with john fox at the helm but certainly still uh, plenty holes there i think zinner could have a big breakout game if if he does continue to get get the start over joke bell sure i think he should get every opportunity um, speaking of running backs that may uh, have big games, uh, the Denver running backs, you know, they've been awful, but it seems that everybody's been doing pretty well against Cleveland. This may be the exact thing that they've been looking for to get on track. Um, okay. Uh, any other matchups you got? Um, just Arian Foster looked great last week. This week he's, he's got uh, Jacksonville who Doug Martin ate alive. Uh, Arian Foster is is a class above, two classes above Doug Martin in terms of running back talent and skill. Um, yeah, I, I okay. Um, one other one I did want to mention: uh, Minnesota coming off their bye week. Uh, Mike Wallace gets a Kansas City secondary that has been struggling a lot, um, and with Jamal Charles out, the, the the Kansas City offense may go three and out ten times. They may kick another ten field goals in this game. I do think that the Minnesota players are going to be a pretty good start here, particularly Wallace downfield. Anybody you're avoiding? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously Josh McCown had a huge week against Baltimore, but now he's got Denver. Uh, shut him down. Uh, definitely not McCown. Absolutely. Uh, I don't really like many people in Washington right now. I especially don't like them against the Jets this week. Uh, yeah, and keep in mind that Sheldon Richardson is back now. Um over under on five sacks on Kirk Cousins. Oh, over. All right. Um, and also, uh, Cam Newton goes to Seattle. Uh, you know the the Panthers are are doing quite well as their record suggests. But if you watch the games, they they've come pretty close. Um, they certainly should not have won a couple of those games. Uh, I would not start anyone on Carolina. Maybe Jonathan Stewart. Yeah, you, I'm fading back guys on Pittsburgh too, especially seeing. Uh, the uh, the the points uh, points put out during this game next week they've got possibly the toughest Arizona defense right there. Yeah, and Arizona just signed Dwight Freeney. We'll see how much he's got left in the tank. Uh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Vick may be in for a tough game. Uh, certainly, you still have to start Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, but just temper your expectations a little bit. Absolutely, not uh, not not starts in a daily league. Even even I would not pay for Le'Veon Bell next week. Um, you know, it depends. Uh, he may be a contrarian play just because a lot of people might avoid him. So if he does get a few, uh, you know, a few big runs here and there for a touchdown or two. Yeah. At the same time, a lot of people set their lineups just looking at that points per game thing and they'll, they'll just grab Le'Veon and move on. Yeah, certainly, uh, certainly not expecting huge games from either of those guys. Yep. Um, but in redraft, obviously you, you got to start them. Yeah, you can't not. Okay. So that is going to wrap up our week five show. 
Uh, it's been a fun season so far. Uh, again, even if you're 0-5 or 1-4, there's there's still time left. Make some trade offers. Uh, you know, look, pick up some crazy guys off the waiver wire. Spend all your money if you got it. You know, you're, don't save it for the the end of the season when it's too late. Yeah, and and don't stop managing your teams. A, that's bad form. That's bad fan. B, that's bad fantasy karma. And C, it's a valuable learning experience. You get a chance when you're not doing well. Look at it as an opportunity. Everything in life is an opportunity. When you're doing well, you don't have the opportunity to make risky moves or pickups or drops or trades. When you're behind, you have to try and learn how to do those things, and those will only help you and build your fantasy repertoire and your skills going forward from year to year fantasy leagues yeah just a, a quick side story not uh, not for bragging purposes uh for the purposes of explaining why um i was one in four in a league last year i traded away gronk i picked up a little known rookie named odell beckham jr and i uh, ended up taking third in that league so there's certainly time uh in week five um, absolutely absolutely i won't bore you with uh, names that could fill that role right now but uh i can definitely see something like that happening yeah, and uh, uh, actually, I will bore you with some names: Doriel Green Beckham, Devontae Parker. <laughs> exactly, those are the names I'm gonna say. <laughs> All right, um, yeah, certainly two rookies to take a chance on. They've got the natural talent. We'll see what happens. Um, They're just begging you to take a chance on them. <laughs> All right, and on, on that note, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, as oh, always, nice, nice pun on that note. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. Um, so certainly, um, you know, we are more than happy to answer whatever questions you have. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. And I'm at FFA underscore Losa. You can reach our great producer who's been quiet as of late at FFA underscore Dan. That's Dan, the man green. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and be sure to subscribe to the podcast in your iTunes store and in your podcasting app, uh, so that you automatically download all the future episodes. Um, and everything in between so that you can be at the top of your league, get all the uh, f- quickest information quicker than everybody else. Yeah, and one, one last quick note. I have had uh, a couple people reach out. If you are not on Twitter, one, I highly recommend that you do. There's plenty of great info on there. And uh, two, you can always email us too. Uh, we are uh, podcast at gmail.com. Certainly willing to take questions on there as well. Um, And that will wrap it up. Uh, As always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.